Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're so glad to have you here tonight. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. Here's a question for each one and every one of us here tonight. Is this verse an accurate representation of your life? If you think about this, is the Lord your strength and your shield? Is it the Lord in whom your heart trusts above anything else in this life? Is it the Lord in whom you find your help and in whom your heart sings songs of praise or if you've given that responsibility in your life to someone or something else? Let me ask it this way. If you were to look at this verse and take out this phrase, the Lord, and fill it in with something else in your life, what would replace it? To say, blank is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in blank and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with song I praise blank. What would fill in the gap for that for you here tonight to say, money is my strength and my shield. Above all else, I trust in my own good works and sing of my own praise. My heart leaps for joy with the song I praise myself. Regardless of where we're at here tonight, may we remember that the only one who could ever fulfill this scripture perfectly and who could ever outweigh and be for us everything that we need him to be is the one and only Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we come before you here tonight in his name and ask, Lord, that he would be the one that helps us. He would be the one that gives us joy. And ultimately, he would be the one who is the full fulfillment in desire of our hearts. We pray this all in Christ Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. In this month's edition of Words of Hope, this is our monthly newsletter. We have a few out in uh, the hallway. I'd encourage you to grab one if you have. Uh, Pastor Sarah wrote an article about the common table prayer. This is a Lutheran prayer. Uh, It's also known as the Come Lord Jesus prayer. If you know it, you can say it with me. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. Uh, Just this beautiful prayer, very simple, profound. Many of us grow up saying this prayer often around mealtimes. It's thought to have been written by uh, the namesake of our denomination, Martin Luther, uh, who wrote it to be a prayer of gratitude. And really what I want to do here tonight is I want to give us this prayer as the structure of of where we're going to spend a little bit of time tonight and really unpack what are we saying when we pray this prayer. What is the plea of our heart? What are we asking God to do? And so we're going to break it into three different parts, the first of which is, come, Lord Jesus. When we say those words, come, Lord Jesus, what are we praying? What are we asking Jesus to do? Well, I think the very first thing we need to acknowledge and to figure out and to have an answer for is, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? I think for many of us, we have grown up in church and we've heard 
Jesus talked about forever and ever, and yet we should never get tired of going back to the basic story of the Bible, who is Jesus Christ. And so tonight I want to do just that. I want to go back to the very beginning where everything started. Back before Christ was born, before Mary was pregnant with him, and even before the very beginning of creation. We're going to where it all started. That's where we're going to listen to that passage that we just got a chance to hear read from Dr. Brad, John chapter 1, where God created all things. And what I think we're going to notice to be interesting is that Jesus' name in these 18 verses is only directly mentioned one time. Only one time. This evening, we didn't even get a chance to get to the point where we heard Jesus' name. It's in verse 17. It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I think it's fascinating, if you're anything like me, when we heard this entire passage, John chapter 1, it just screams Jesus Christ. Jesus is everywhere in this passage, and yet you wonder, how can that be? His name is only directly mentioned once. But then as you analyze the passage, his name is indirectly mentioned 43 times. He's mentioned to be the word. He's the life. He's the light. He's the truth. He is God's one and only son. And most of all, and most importantly, he is God himself. And the reason this is important for us to acknowledge here as we gather tonight is if we are going to appreciate the gospel and have an accurate and full understanding of the gospel, we need to have an accurate and full understanding of the person and work of Jesus Christ. So we're going to ask that question, who is Jesus? John chapter 1 verse 1 begins this way, in the beginning was the word. Very, very similar language to the very first verse in all of scripture. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 begins, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's very interesting. John opens up his gospel much different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke begin their gospel uh, not at the beginning of creation, but at the beginning of Jesus' earthly life. But here we see John goes way past that before anything else in all of creation was made. And he says, all that there was at the beginning of creation was the word. And he says, the word was with God. And the word was God. And so the Word was with God, and the Word himself was God. The Word was God. Uh, whenever we think of the Word of God, it's likely when you grow up in church, you know, one of the ways that we uh, consider, we, we think about this is the Holy Scripture, our, our Bible. It's, it's his very Word to us. And yet when we bring that into tonight's passage, it doesn't quite make sense to say, in the beginning was the scripture, and the scriptures were with God, and the scriptures were God. It doesn't fit. In the beginning was the scripture. It doesn't make sense because scripture wasn't made and written at the beginning of creation. It was written over a course of thousands of years. And to say that the scriptures were God, it's not an accurate representation. There has to be another understanding. And Christians for centuries have only known one other understanding to what is the word of God, and that is his one and only son, Jesus Christ. So think about this with me. In the beginning, God, or was the word, excuse me, Jesus, and the word, Jesus, was with God, 
the Father, and the Word, Jesus, was God. So not only is the Father completely God, but here we see, so is the Son. We also see this in verse 18, John chapter 1. No one has ever seen God, referring to the Father, but the only and one Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. And so the Father is God. Jesus Christ is one and only Son is God. And of course, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is God. That's where we see Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Now the earth was formless and empty. At the beginning of creation, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, all equally God, have all coexisted together in perfect unity since the beginning of time. So who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Jesus is fully God, fully man, not just a good teacher, not just a prophet, not just a wise individual. He is God. In this prayer to the prayer, what we're doing is we're asking God himself to come into our lives. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord be a part of my life. Let's continue to prayer. The next part, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. What are we asking Jesus to do when we say to be our guest? In short, we're asking him to be in our midst, to be a part of our lives, to be a guest in our lives, to dwell with us. And that makes sense. John chapter one, verse 14 goes like this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is the story of scripture in a single verse. Matthew chapter one, verse 23, the virgin will get, uh, conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Psalm 23, one of our favorite Psalms, verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Say it with me. For you are with me. God has come to dwell with us in the person of Jesus Christ. To be born of a virgin. To live the sinless life that you and I never could have lived. To take your sin and my sin upon his own shoulders as he died upon that cross. And three days later to conquer sin, death, hell, the devil, and the grave for all eternity by rising from the grave. This is what our king has done. And our Lord Jesus Christ could not have effectively done any of it had he been, not been God, for God alone is the one who can do it all. But we gotta make it personal. We gotta make it personal. It's not enough to say, come Lord Jesus, be our guest and leave it there. We need to say, come Lord Jesus, be my guest be my guest. Come into my life. I need you to be my king, my savior, my redeemer, my Lord. Listen to just how a few people in scripture have outlined this for us. Mary in Luke chapter 1 verse 46 through 47. She said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. John chapter 20 verse 28. Doubting Thomas said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. 
Psalm 28, verse seven, our Psalm for tonight. The Lord is my strength and my shield. You see, it is personal. It's not enough to say that he is our strength, our shield. It's gotta be made personal. We need to understand our own personal sin. The weight of our own sin that separates us individually, personally from our God. And we need to understand our own personal need for a savior even in the midst of our sin. I was just reading this morning and I came across the passage of um, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a, a young or a little man. He is a tax collector. And Luke chapter 19, verse seven says it this way. It says, all the people saw this, meaning that Jesus had gone to eat uh, with Zacchaeus. And they all began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. He was a guest in his home. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, had come to be the guest of a sinner, of a broken individual. Verse eight, it says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. For this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Have you recognized the weight of your own sin? Have you recognized your own personal need of a savior? We gather as the church, a body of believers, but there's also something to be said that this is very, very personal. And we know that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost and to be saved. You first need to recognize that you're lost. Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came to call sinners to repentance and to trust alone in him. And that's exactly what Zacchaeus did. He repented of his sin. He gave back all that he had stolen over the course of his life. And he placed his whole hope and his trust alone in him. Have you done that here this evening? The reality for us is that if you have not personally trusted in Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord, your own personal Savior, the third part of the prayer that we're going to unpack here tonight, although it'll be nice, it'll be a good expression, it ultimately will not have any eternal significance for us. Let's see why. The third final part of the prayer, come Lord Jesus, be our guests, lastly, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. Lastly, what are we saying in this part of the prayer? We are acknowledging that God is doing something, that he gives us gifts. Our God is a good God who gives us good gifts, and because of that, we should be incredibly grateful. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20 says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What we're saying is, God, help us to be thankful for everything in our lives, for we know that everything that we have comes from you. Our friends, our family, our food, our water, our shelter, money, joy, kids, a spouse, even if you're single, that in itself is an incredible gift. Clothing. Shoes, relationships, the list goes on and on. We could be here forever. All the different things that we are thankful for. 
But above all else in this, we are saying, Lord, help us to be thankful for you. For you are the giver of every good gift. And if we do not have a personal relationship, not just with the gift, but the giver, it ultimately will not matter what it is in this life that we are grateful for because the reality is, is that everything we're thankful for will one day come to an end. But Jesus Christ and your life with him will be forever. So the question remains, is the Lord your strength and your shield tonight? Is it the Lord in whom your heart trusts? Is it the Lord in whom you find your help and in whom your, your song and heart sings all songs of praise? May we remember as we go about our thanksgiving, as we move forward in his name, that no one or nothing else in this entire life could ever take his place, for he alone is our true strength. He alone is our true helper, and he alone is the fulfillment of all of our heart's longing. Therefore, come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen.